Good morning, churches. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedegar, and I am so blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford and Salisbury Center, United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. Our vision at Stratford is to praise God daily, to love God and others, to plant seeds, and to serve God and community. Our vision at Salisbury Center is to love God and others, to serve as an example, to plant seeds of hope, and to nurture one another. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for this beautiful day. I thank you for the sunrise that you provided this morning. I thank you for the evidence of your creation, the wind blowing through the trees, the birds that are singing, that are eating. Father God, what a wonderful world you've created. I thank you, Father God, today as we celebrate the day of Pentecost. I thank you for the Holy Spirit, Father God. I thank you that Jesus did not leave us as orphans. I pray that the Holy Spirit would settle on me this morning as, as I give your word to our people. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would anoint each and every person that hears this message today, Father God. Holy Spirit, you are more than welcome here. We pray for your presence. We pray for your anointing, Father God. Holy Spirit, fill us. Give us hearts of love. Give us hearts of compassion. Lord, let us see every brother and sister as a brother and sister in Christ, Father God. Let us not judge. Let us not hate. Let us not resort to violence, Father God. Soften our hearts. Fill us. Let us show the world that we are Christians by our love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning's call to worship comes from Psalm 145, 14 through 21. Psalm 145, verses 14 through 21. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, satisfying the desire of every living thing. The Lord is just in all his ways, and kind in all his doings. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of all who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. This morning's scripture reading comes from Acts chapter 2, 1 through 15. Acts 2, 1 through 15. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. 
Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. Amen. We move to joys and concerns this morning. Um, we, are, we are blessed that we've had some, um, at least three people have gone to the hospital and they've all returned. I praise God for hearing our prayers. I praise God for them coming back and healing. Uh, we continue to lift up several people on our prayer list. And I would just ask you, please, use that prayer chain if you, if you are in need of prayer um, or your family or any of your neighbors. So thank you for your obedience to prayer. Let us pray. Father God, you know our concerns before we speak them. You know our thoughts. You know, you know the concerns in our hearts. Um, Father God, we just, we just lift up our, our family, Lord. We lift up our, our friends. We lift up this nation. We lift up this world, Lord. Uh, we, we see, prayerfully, we see an ending soon to this pandemic, and, and we're starting to be able to get together again and, and do things, Lord. Just help us to remain obedient and to listen to those you have placed in authority over us. Father God, I pray for healing. I pray for peace. I pray for anxieties to be removed. Father God, I, I pray for our nation as, as we face that civil unrest, Father God. Whether it's due to racism or hate, Father God, there's no place for that. There's no place for that, Father God. Please forgive us. Soften our hearts as a nation that we see people as like it's Jesus standing in front of us, not, not paying attention to skin color or dialect or accents or language. Father God, let us learn to be one, to live as one body, Father God. Holy Spirit, just settle across this nation. Awaken us. Awaken us. Help us to speak the truth in love as we go out every day that every person in this world matters. You created all of this. You created each one of us. How dare we look down on somebody and think that they are not worthy? The sacrifice of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has made us all worthy, all worthy of forgiveness. And it's made us all worthy of healing. By his stripes we are healed. So, Father God, I just plead, I beg, show us what we need to do as a nation to repair and to come back together. Help us to focus on you, Father God. 
in God we trust. I praise you. I thank you. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning's message is titled, It's a Pentecost Party. So get out the balloons, get out the noisemakers. We are going to have a party today. Last week, if you remember, we paid tribute to the men and women who sacrificed their lives for our country. They sacrificed their lives by their selfless devotion, outstanding courage, honor, and valor. I told the story of a Navy SEAL, Michael Mansour, who dove on a grenade just before it exploded and saved the lives of two other SEALs. I also quoted Charlie Dent, and he reminded us that freedom does not come without a price. Freedom does not come without a price. For Christians, that price came in the form of a man dying on a cross for us. Jesus took on the sin of man and suffered in our place. He paid the price for our freedom and liberty. And not just for Christians. He did it for the world. But Christians recognize that sacrifice. And we pray that the rest of the world will someday recognize that as well. But Jesus did not leave us as orphans. He sent the Holy Spirit as a counselor and advocate. We assemble today to remember and celebrate that day of Pentecost. Pentecost still has something to say to us. It should be a word of comfort and a word of inspiration. It should be a call to action and a reminder of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Reverend Dr. Derek Weber made the claim, we have tamed worship and tamed Pentecost, trying to be proper and reserved. He said there is a time and place for proper and for calm and reserved. But he said Pentecost is not that time or place. So as we gather today, wherever we are, let's create a ruckus for Jesus. Let the community hear our worship and pray that their hearts are softened and they come to know the Lord. Today, we had a legal gathering outside the church. We gathered not in a building called the church, but we gathered in the middle of God's creation, outside the walls. There were no stained glass windows. There were no assigned seats, no man-made altar, and no six-foot statues of Jesus. We met as the church, brothers and sisters, the people, not the building. The people, we are the church. So we gather today at an altar made by God's own hands. We gather to honor, praise, and give glory to the creator of our universe. And who knows, maybe after today we'll realize we don't have to be in a building or have set times to worship and glorify our Father in heaven. I've heard it called the new normal. We've heard that over and over for the past almost 90 days. And if you're anything like me, you're tired of hearing it. The new normal. Maybe we should call it the new awakening. Or maybe we could refer to this year as the year Christians received 2020 vision. 2020 
vision in 2020. Get it? I can almost hear you laughing. Thank you. But the problem with the new normal is that we risk ending up with the same results as we had before the pandemic. We risk complacency setting back in. We risk getting lazy in our spiritual disciplines. We risk looking at attending church as a habit instead of a privilege and an honor. And worse of all, we risk remaining a church hidden behind walls instead of being the church in our homes, our communities, and our places of employment. Personally, I pray that nothing becomes normal for us ever again. I pray that we look for a new and creative way to create a ruckus for Jesus in everything that we say and everything that we do. So today, we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, the birth of Christ's church through the works of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost was originally an agricultural festival celebrating the first harvest of the growing season. Later, it became a commemoration of the giving of the land to Canaan to the people of Israel. And later, it morphed into an observance of the giving of the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. All these are important times of celebration. But nothing in those celebrations indicates the power that was unleashed on this day. Perhaps the disciples called it the new normal. Because it was the new normal for them. No longer would a select few have access to the Holy Spirit. After Pentecost, all believers have access to the same Holy Spirit Peter did, and Paul did, and James did, and the rest of the 120. The 120 who spoke in the tongues and language of those attending the feast. And if you remember, those that didn't understand what they were speaking accuse them of being drunk on new wine. Let me ask those of you who have accepted Jesus and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what language are you speaking to the world of unbelievers? Are you speaking the language of love, mercy, grace, and forgiveness? These are the languages the unbelievers of the selfish world don't recognize, but they need to hear it from Christians. Are we speaking a language of forgiveness so loud and so clear that we might be accused of being drunk on new wine? Are we speaking a language of love so boldly that the world takes pause and notices and maybe even questions our motives that they may have heard about but never witnessed in our lives? Bible commentators say that many Pagans practice speaking in other tongues during Jesus' time on earth. Isn't that the way of the world today? Many unbelievers, and sadly, many Christians for that matter, tend to speak in languages of hate, jealousy, racism, selfishness, anger. The list could go on and on. As Christians, we need to remember we are sanctified. We are set aside from the rest of the world. We are called to speak the language Jesus taught us. I don't mean Aramaic. I mean the language of love, the language of mercy, the language of grace, the language of patience, 
and a language of forgiveness. Our motive should be the love of Christ and his commandment to love one another, not just in words, but in deeds. A couple in our church recently shared a blessing they received. Someone sent them a card with money enclosed, but without a signature. The card was a Christian card, so this couple believed it was from a follower of Christ. I remember hearing similar stories from our congregation last year. This, my brothers and sisters, is a language we should all speak, not just to fellow believers, but to the world. Let them know we are Christians by our love. We have a choice to make. After Jesus was crucified, Peter had a choice to make. His choice ended up being to go back to his old ways. He went back to fishing. But then Jesus came back and reminded Peter of his mission and charged him with feeding and tending his sheep. And before Jesus returned to his father, he told the disciples to go and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. So the disciples assembled together for a period of time and waited for that new normal, the Great Awakening, or their 2020 vision. Does that sound familiar? We have a choice to make today. Like Peter, we can go back to what we did before, like fishing, or we can embrace the change forced upon us and go ye into the world and be the church. For those that attended Bible study this winter, you may remember that the, the disciples would have been content to stay in Jerusalem and preach had it not been for the persecution they faced. They were forced to leave and go ye into the world and preach the good news. They preached in synagogues, in homes, on the streets, in the marketplace. They preached anywhere and everywhere. What they didn't do is beat their chests in defiance and proclaim how unfair it was that they were being persecuted and restricted from gathering. Some may say that we, as a church, have also been persecuted or singled out during this stay-put order. And that may be true. But if we consider that to be prosecution, know that in the news they reported a 24-year-old woman in Uganda was burned by her Muslim father for converting to Christianity. As I said earlier, we have a choice to make. We can spend our time being angry and finding ways of being defiant, or we can take this opportunity to find those new ways to go ye and preach the good news. I read an article where two churches in Tennessee teamed up to donate a week's worth of offerings to support local small businesses during the coronavirus pandemic. They wanted them to stay open. They wanted to help keep their employees employed and to continue to provide goods and services for their community. What type of message does that send to people who don't attend church? On the other hand, there have been at least two churches burned down in anger because they were disobedient and they assembled as a church body. 
In at least one case, there was another church where nails and broken glass were put out into the parking lot in the driveway to try to prevent them from gathering. And there have been many protests against churches across the nation for gathering. What do you think the message was to those unbelievers? That we think we're better than them? That we don't have to be obedient to authorities? We have a choice to make today. Our service today was an example of finding new ways. We gathered outside and praised God as a family, as a body of Christ. But let's look at the past 90 days. How did we go ye as a body of Christ? Did we write letters? Did we send cards? Did we make phone calls or do anything else to love and serve our community of both believers and unbelievers? That's what it means to be the church. Brothers and sisters, this should be an exciting time for the body of Christ. We should no longer be content to simply open our doors on Sunday morning and hope and wait for the community to show up so we can love on them. We need to go ye into the community and take that love to them. Let's not go back where we were before doing the same things. Let us not be content to honor and praise God one day a week. Let this Pentecost be an opportunity for stepping out and stepping up. Let's get radical. Let's recapture the experience of being empowered by the Spirit and build the church. Make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The Holy Spirit is the only source of life and power in believers. We cannot live out the Christian life without the Holy Spirit's power. And only the power of God can completely change our emotions, our thoughts, our words, and our actions. When the Holy Spirit lives in us and works in us, he enables us to be obedient to God. He helps us fulfill that great commission. And he empowers us to make an impact in our community. Peter made an impact on his community. After he, after he preached to the crowd, we hear their reaction in Acts 2, 37 through 40. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. Brothers and sisters, we are those children. And the Holy Spirit can mold us and use us for his kingdom work, no matter where we are today, no matter what we've done in our past. Forgiveness is only a prayer away. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus calls us. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Brothers and sisters, we need rest. Every one of us 
is his beloved and made worthy by the blood of Christ. If you've accepted Jesus already, you know that. But if you haven't accepted Jesus, please know he's calling you today, even right now. He wants a relationship with you for eternity. The author of the universe and our lives is calling us to him. Romans 13, 11 through 12 says this. You know what time it is. How it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Awake, my brothers and sisters. Come to Jesus. If you aren't sure how to do that, come see me or call me. Let me help you come to the Lord. As I end today's message, I'd like to read a hymn, a hymn number 420 titled, Breathe on Me, Breath of God. Breathe on me, breath of God, fill me with life anew, that I may love what thou dost love and do what thou wouldst do. Breathe on me, breath of God, until my heart is pure, until with thee I will one will to do and to endure. Breathe on me, breath of God, till I am wholly thine, until this earthly part of me glows with thy fire divine. Breathe on me, breath of God, so shall I never die, but live with thee the perfect life of thine eternity. Amen. This morning's prayer is a covenant prayer uh, written in the Wesleyan tradition. So let us pray. Father God, we are no longer our own, but yours. Put us to what you will. Rank us with whom you choose. Put us to doing. Put us to suffering. Let us be employed by you or laid aside by you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let us be full or let us be empty. Let us have all things or let us have nothing. We freely and heartily yield all things for your pleasure and your disposal. And now, O oh, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are ours and we are yours. So be it. And a covenant which we have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. We are stewards of God's household, managers of the earth's treasures for a little while. This time of offering gives us opportunities to invest in causes consistent with God's will for us to offer the light of God's love to sisters and brothers living in despair. Let us not rob God by withholding what is already God's own. So, if you would still like to um, send in your tithes and offerings, we are still accepting them by mail, uh, Post Office Box 104 in Salisbury Center. Uh, again, you have the choice if you want to just continue to place that in an envelope each week. And when we return, um, 
you know, you can place all of your tithes and offerings into the plate, um, however you want to do it. But I do thank you for your obedience. Let us pray. Father God, we dedicate ourselves and our offerings for the purpose of upholding justice and extending the gift of salvation to all people. May our offerings and our lives be a blessing to others, proclaiming good news of great joy in ways that all of us can understand. Amen. Let us look up, lest we miss the light. Let us go where God leads us, lest we miss the good news. Let us declare God's glory by the way we live, and let our lives be songs of praise. Now please receive the benediction. Now to him who was able to keep you from falling and to make you stand without blemish in the presence of his glory with rejoicing, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, my wife and I pray for you daily. We love you. We miss you. And each day brings us one day closer of being together. So stay safe, stay in the word, and pray, pray, pray. God bless you all.